the fight against a gag order in his New York civil fraud trial, telling an appeals court today that criticizing the judge is his First Amendment right. The judge in that case, Arthur and Gorin, first imposed the gag order to prevent Trump from making any statements about him and his court staff, specifically his clerk, after Trump posted a baseless social media allegation involving the judge's principal law clerk, Trump's team today arguing Trump has never threatened the judge or his principal law clerk and can't be held responsible for actions taken by others. But others did take action, as they almost always do. Trump's remarks resulted in hundreds of threats and smears against the judge and his clerk. A court officer captain signed a sworn statement saying that the threats are, quote, considered to be serious and credible and not hypothetical or speculative. The court filing transcribed multiple voicemails left on Judge Engeren's phone. We want to show you just two examples. A warning, you might find some of it disturbing. Of course, some of you might like it based on my social media these days. Uh, one voicemail said, quote, filthy little Jews, and that's you, and I hate that word, and I hate putting people under group, but you are filthy little Jews. I mean, honestly, you should be assassinated, unquote. Another said, quote, dirty Jews, and I love Jewish people, but there's dirty Jews like you. You guys want to make it all about identity, and you know what? What dirty Jews and stupid go die, I hope you all die, unquote. Let's talk about this. Um, so Jonah, Trump's team today, argued his threats to the judge and his law clerk do not justify a gag order. I know you're a First Amendment guy, but what do you think? Yeah, so uh, Trump's lawyers argue that this is unprecedented, and they're right. It would be unprecedented to do a gag order. It'd also be unprecedented for a guy with 91 indictments or what charges against him um, still running for president and saying these kinds of things, never mind a former president, saying these kinds of things about a judge. So it's a great example of how hard cases make for bad law. Um, I think a lot of this is just sort of a preamble to the criminal stuff where he has to try this stuff in court of opinion and intimidate witnesses and all that. I don't think there are any great answers here, though. Uh, Nayara, separately, the D.C. appeals court could rule at any time on a gag order on Trump's election subversion trial. Um, let's say that one or both of these gag orders are imposed against the former president. We're less than 50 days away from the Iowa caucus. You know, how will those headlines play with voters? The idea that he has, you know, gag orders against him. Oh, he has such a vast lead in the Republican primary and the Republican Party right now is the party of obstruction, the party of uh, the lack of democracy, uh, you know, my freedom versus yours. So it plays perfectly well with those primary voters, but it does do two things to our democracy. It turns away people from actively participating, uh, whether as voters or to become election officials or to become judges. Public service becomes a danger when candidates like Trump are allowed to get away with this. And it also erodes the credibility of our democracy when justice is not swift, when a bureaucracy is used to stop the wheels of justice from holding the president accountable. And we all know that no one else would be able to get away with what President Trump has been saying or in flouting the rule of law. Well, the other thing is it works, right? I mean, right. it works. It, and he knows it works. Um, in this and it's his best option, given the reality of a lot of these cases. So this book um, that McKay Coppins wrote about Romney, that one Republican congressman reportedly told Romney he wanted to vote to impeach Trump about January 6th, but he declined, quote, out of fear for his family's safety. A Senate leader was also discouraged from voting to convict for the reasons of personal safety. I mean, it's not 
that, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Right? Yeah, we I want mean, people yeah. to be leaders, but we're not necessarily giving them the protection or the safety of security of support. And that's what Trump takes advantage of time and time again, is being the bully that no one is properly challenging. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fundamental problem for six years now, take away the threat stuff and all that, is that Trump's superpower is shamelessness. He does not care about the norms. He does not care about tradition. He does not care about decorum. He cares about weaponizing anything that was useful for him to weaponize. And um, so I don't blame some of these senators. I mean, imagine if you were hanging around on January 6th and you had that memory fresh in your mind, hang Mike Pence and you know who knows what kind of voicemails he got. I can see people sort of buckling and, and chickening out about voting to impeach and remove Trump. Um, I think it was a almost textbook cowardly, but I can also understand it. Then there's, then there's other lessons from January 6th. Uh, uh, Utah's other Republican senator, Mike Lee, uh, a few days ago, um, there were the, you know, Speaker Johnson released some of these other images from January 6th, and there was a guy who took out a vape, and uh, I think there were like people saying, oh, that's a badge, and it shows how some of the rioters were actually undercover feds. Mike Lee was suggesting it was a badge, and people were like, no, it's not, it's a vape. Yeah, Mike Lee's on a bit of a journey these days. Um, and he's sort of, he's sort of been red-pilled by Trump world in a way that I find really disappointing and shocking. And but. we're seeing a record number of resignations from Congress of people not looking to run for office again, either because the money, it costs too much, or because of this political environment. So something needs to change. But then there was also uh, Fox had that wrong information about what happened on the Rainbow Bridge. And then Benny Johnson quoted Fox, and then Ted Cruz quoted Benny Johnson, this turducken of false information. <laughs> and nobody even takes it down from Twitter. Well, you'd have to have regulations in place and people in power who understood how these platforms work in order well, to it's not, you don't need Let's regulations. not disparage the noble turducken. <laughs> you don't need regulations. You just need, you mentioned it before, shame. Yeah. And anyway. It's missing. Good to see you guys. Thank you so much. We'll be right back.